This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and DoorDash. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. Sean, for the listeners, we've we've tried to keep it under wraps the last couple of weeks. We haven't been in winning ways with our high stakes leagues for the, the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. We've been saying, oh, it's going to come good, the teams are scoring good points and things are looking up. Well, for the listeners, we have an update. We went 2-0 and in week four, so things starting to, to look up, get a little bit brighter here in the, the OT uh, league department. We'll see how long it lasts for, but uh, a fun weekend um, as we as we picked up those those two Ws, Sean, to get one of them to get us to 2-2, two and two, one of us to get us out of that uh, zero column, but it's, uh, it's just the start of uh, our charge towards the championships. Yeah, I didn't know we were keeping it under under wraps. I, I thought we had uh, had been clear on that. I <laughs> was have, hoping we that we were going to go winless and make the playoffs in the chasing OT league. It was in a, a top four position points wise uh, going into this week. Even with the the winless situation, we did win. We did score a decent number of points. We actually dropped to fifth because uh, there are obviously some other uh, tight scoring teams in that range. But that team looking very very good. Yeah, this was this was a. Uh, a fun week i think maybe the one that i have been most um i don't know if emotionally involved and definitely a roller coaster i was very frustrated that the will fuller touchdown was overturned i think that's probably not a catch but it was such an amazing effort and i don't think that that should be overturned on replay i think that when the ball hits and moves but the guy maintains control with his arm the whole way uh, that's not something that should be overturned and and in those leagues where I have both Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller going together, that's a pretty big overturn. Um, both good and bad this week. The the four main events I have are now up to 13-3. and three. Overall, I have a couple of undefeated teams in first place. The, the frustrating thing, and for those following the wide receiver rest of season rankings that I uh, sort of interspersed with some other types of articles in the weekly monday column that zero rb team that blair and i have deandre hopkins injured calvin ridley injured julio jones injured and so (coughs) that uh making that team a little bit more difficult we hate to see all of those injuries and we're going to talk a bit about some other types of injuries on the show today trades that you can do things you can do with your dynasty team to make sure that when these injuries happen, as unfortunate as they may be, there are ways to turn them into positives. There are ways that you can go about using these injuries to actually help you build a more dominant dynasty roster, both for now and for the long term. And so when unfortunate incidents like this strike, we want to make sure that we're ready and that we have contingency plans in place. And we just know what we want to do tactically in order to address these unfortunate injuries. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, the one that probably affected my teams the most this week was Austin Eckler, who we're going to talk about a little bit here. And the um, you mentioned, you know, Julio. Uh, well, obviously, we have a situation where uh, Ridley did play against the Packers, but obviously uh, not very effective in that game. Um, so he was one of the players that I was rooting hard for to have a, a big game uh, come Monday Night Football, but that didn't work out. But um, throughout the season, he's going to give you those big weeks. So uh, plenty more sunny days on the horizon for Calvin Ridley owners. Obviously, Eckler has been a big part of this uh, podcast, uh, Sean, since we started. Obviously, from his complete zero RB days all the way through to uh, being kind of that guy at the end of the you know start of the second round kind of this year in terms of drafting. So quite a journey for him, but uh, it didn't look good once he got injured this week. And um, you know, obviously, the news is that he's he's going to be out for some time. So when we're looking, I guess at the, the piece this week and it's one that you've mentioned a couple of times on the show kind of the, the idea of continuously uh, not continuously rebuilding but reloading and having your team be a contender year on year so we often hear of teams being a contender and teams that are in rebuild mode but it's more of keeping that team fresh with that you know young top talent and then trying to move them when the time is right to, to continue to uh, you know keep that team at the right end of uh, at the right end of the playoff season so in case some of the listeners maybe they're they're new listeners or haven't heard you discuss it before you probably can articulate that a bit better than i did but you, your kind of dynasty strategy revolves around that uh, perpetual reloading right we want to make sure that we stay very young with our teams both because these second year players really are the guys who win championships but also because it allows us to make sure that we're staying fresh that we're staying active that we're not letting our team get too old and one of the things that you see with this is that when injuries happen how young or old your team are makes a big big difference because these younger guys who are injured you can then trade they'll hold their trade value because in that following season owners are still expecting them to come back and be that same kind of guy you start to get up into that 26 27 28 and then certainly into the 30s range that when people start to add a year onto that and then are envisioning the time period subsequent to that so it's not just the the next year but but folks are looking onto their future they're they're putting themselves in the same situation where they're asking okay well how many years do i have left what's the trade value going to be what happens if the player gets gets injured again? How do I get back out of this player, right? And so when people are looking to acquire players, they're also looking at you know what their eventual exit strategy would be. Once those players start to get a little bit older, that exit strategy gets sketchier and sketchier. And so one of the things that I try and do is trade a decent percentage of my sort of top 30 overall players every year, force myself to do that to make sure that I'm continually reloading the team don't want to get into the situation where you have to rebuild want to be able to compete for the playoffs try and get that by but definitely get into the playoffs every year and then have that opportunity to benefit from the good luck and to weather the bad luck right we know that not every single one of our teams that goes in as the number one seed is going to win the title at the same time we know that occasionally we take those fifth seed those sixth seed teams in if they hit a hot streak they could win the thing we don't want to do is be locked out we don't want to get caught in that kind of middle situation where we don't have the number one and number two pick but we're also not into the playoffs right that's the worst of both worlds we want to make sure that we're staying young and that we have a lot of trade value in our team along with a lot of points in our team and then when these things happen like a saquon barkley injury an austin eckler injury 
a Cortland Sutton injury, there are things that we can do to address those. And so one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit today is we're going to go through some trades that I've made in the competitive kitchen Cinco league and discuss what that does for a team long term. Right. So let's go ahead, column, and start here with an off-season trade. And the idea was to try and stay young to move some of the value from the running back position into the wide receiver position and to make sure that this team was balanced and situated for the long term. So in this first trade, I gave up Drew Brees, Austin Eckler, David Johnson, and OJ Howard, got back Sam Darnold, Calvin Ridley, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Tyler Higby. Now, the main centerpiece of that trade, even though this is a super flex league, so moving from Drew Brees to Sam Darnold, you obviously have that decline in terms of top end value, but also you have a little bit more protection for the long term in Darnold. Well, the centerpiece for me is getting back Calvin Ridley, kind of moving out of these running backs and into the wide receiver position here. Yeah, and when you look at this now, obviously you're looking at it after four weeks, but you know, in the offseason, a move from Breeze to Darnold didn't seem <laughs> that catastrophic, I don't think, as it does now. Um, but when you look at it as well, like Breeze, you know, likely last year, um, so you're looking to future proof that team as well in terms of the quarterback. Um, like you mentioned, you know, having Calvin Ridley out of these four players is going to give you the value long term. Uh, David Johnson, while there may be a little bit of resurgence for him this season, the long-term outlook in terms of dynasty is going to be uh, pretty short. And Eckler, while he's at the high end of his value now, this injury, can, and it can change very quickly. Whereas those wide receivers, if they pick up an injury, they still can maintain that value moving forward. Um, all round, Sean, I think, like to get the deal done um, in terms of if you have those running backs to be able to do it i think it's a a a deal i would do each and every time um it's just when we're trying to make those decisions before the season some people might be afraid to to give up an austin eckler because he and redraft is going in the second round whereas calvin ridley's going a little bit later and obviously calvin ridley through those first three weeks of the season has had a massive uh, jump forward whereas if he had to start at week one with the the game he had in week four perceptions will be different but you're looking at the long-term play and the the wide receiver is the, the kind of cornerstone piece of this so i think it, it makes sense to to make that move so i would be doing that one each and every time i'm sure there's people listening if they're in the robust rb community uh would definitely be leaning probably more towards the eckler johnson side but uh, a really a really interesting move um the next one up sean and i guess like we're going to see these uh, circulate around running backs a little bit but mainly as well um that one being in the off season but Values obviously changing with injury, but one that uh, was done with Saquon Barkley, um, where you give up Saquon Barkley, and we had some uh, kind of Devi picks in mixed in with it uh, in terms of Jaden Waddle and Arma Ras and Brown, and then you had a 2020 first and a 20 sorry 2021 first and a 2021 second for Elliot, Judy, and Chenault. The question I have for you, Sean, on this one was this just all a deal to get Lavisca Chenault onto your roster? Well, it actually did come together in a way where he was the last crucial part for me and I had to give up those future round one and round twos. Now, in this particular format, because of the Debbie, those are perhaps looked at as maybe not as valuable, but they're also come into play with this incredibly cool setup that, that Ryan McDowell has for this league where that future rookie money uh, plays a big role in the restricted free agent market and so i would say that those picks are probably more or less worth a similar amount to what they would be in a traditional league 
In order to make the deal and move from Barkley to Elliott, you have to kind of balance some competing objectives here in that Barkley, younger, possibly has more upside. But one of the things that we've seen here with Ezekiel Elliott underperforming his expected totals and yet still putting up big, big numbers is just that the value in this current Cowboys offense even with how pass heavy it's been is absolutely perfect for putting up the massive point tolls. Now, if Elliot was the kind of talent that Christian McCaffrey is, then we would be seeing Christian McCaffrey types of results from the games that he's having here. He's not to that level. And one of the things you have to really worry about is that he might age out very quickly. One of the things, and even watching last night with Todd Gurley having the two touchdowns and those touchdowns count they're important uh, just like the melvin gordon touchdowns in that gross uh, thursday night game you know those touchdowns count and that's one of the reasons why running back owners want those players but i mean it was it was hard to watch it's been hard to watch david johnson this year it's hard to watch todd Gurley because those guys are, are not just done i mean they should definitely not be in the nfl at all much less as starting players for nfl teams and ezekiel elliott right in that range where he could make that transition sort of overnight uh and and then you have a a very different kind of player you've lost a huge amount of value at the same time if you're trying to compete for this season and you have barkley on your roster there are really only three guys i think you can go to to try and replace that production and they would be elliott alvin Kamara and dalvin cook right there's an outside chance some other guys might do it maybe an edwards alaire could do it and you know maybe you know joe mixon is going to suddenly morph into the player that we saw this weekend maybe josh jacobs has some games where he gets back to that week one production but my thought would be that those guys still i mean that you're going to have some games like that from mixon but mostly he's the guy from the first three weeks he's that guy from a talent perspective and unless we think that the Bengals' offense is suddenly going to become a juggernaut now 2021 maybe that does happen when we look at 2020 you know you're looking at these guys you're looking at the opportunities for jacobs and it's just not really there there's more sort of Kenyon drake risk than there is saquon barkley you know replace that production type of upside and so when we're looking at those three guys and then we look at where camara and cook owners likely are but but even then it's a matter of in your individual league you've got to find the owner of those guys who is pointing to a future year and so you're locked in to really just a a small group of players there and so then you've got to try and figure out how you can make this trade work for you beyond just those three guys and certainly if it's elliot who i have ranked lower than cook and Kamara, you've got to get some other interesting things back which probably means that you also have to give up more right and jalen waddle someone who uh, travis may our excellent uh, debbie and college prospects guru has been writing about him had an excellent article on him last week talking about how he may be the best wide receiver from alabama since julio jones and when you consider some of those guys coming in from there you know like it should be like a calvin ridley uh, henry ruggs then i mean that's obviously very very high praise so when you give up a player like that and you're moving that value into 2020 then you want to make sure you're doing it with guys who are also young and who can do other things for you and i think that's why judy and chenault are important parts of this trade 
I think kind of if you own Barclay and kind of like what you've done in this move, you're investing for 2020. You're wanting to get your return this season. Um, I think if you had taken out the Devies out of this trade and just was kind of Elliot and Barclay, um, I think you'd want to be getting those future picks in. So I think probably you know Barkley and a second for Elliot probably at this point. Whereas if you were doing this previously, you'd be wanting to get you know. Elliot plus something for Barkley so I think that's where it flips with the injury and I think most of the time it's going to be a team that's looking to rebuild who those picks are going to help and then getting the player next year is going to help but I th- I don't have any <laughs> shares of Saquon Barkley so I haven't thought through it that much but that would be my kind of guidance would be to get Barkley plus a second or a late first for for Elliot um to try and to try and get your team going for next season but if you're trying to get uh trying to get a Zeke Lillard I think you'll be giving up the same because you'll be trying to push yourself towards the playoffs where if you've lost a key piece like Barkley you're probably you know up against it unless you take in another running back if, if it was me I probably would be going to the tier below Elliot but it, it also makes sense to to go for Elliot and to give up that little bit extra because there's not many running backs who have that guaranteed workload weekly um that Elliot has You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. And ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, as a loyal listener to the podcast, you can get yourself $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code code blue wire don't forget that's code blue wire for five dollars off your first order with doordash i'm dave cabin host of the rotoviz fantasy football podcast i wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting rotoviz radio we love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them as a thank you loyal podcast listeners can get 10 percent off of a one-year rotoviz subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. The next one, Sean, and it's just pure player for player um and it's what you've described it as, as trying to turn jerry judy into a 2020 weapon uh, what you've done in this trade is give up jerry judy and will fuller um to get stefan diggs and debo samuel and diggs with another big game in week four uh really is looking phenomenal uh, up there in buffalo and i think it's probably down as much to him as it is to josh allen how much that offense is uh you know developed in, in 2020 but your thoughts on this obviously we've talked about Debo Samuel a number of times we're we're fans of Will Fuller but I think um being able to give up 
will follow who if it was myself i have a, have them in nearly all of my leagues um so being able to move him for maybe parts that might seem a little bit safer and then uh make, make the deal i i really like the stefan dig side of this one um what was your considerations into into making this move yeah so i think with judy the idea is that we want to sort of get his value right now we think that long term he's going to be a star and this trade really demonstrates just you know how high the perception is of him we've seen some good things for him early where he's generated a pretty good target share there in denver now there have been some injuries but you can see his ability to get open we saw the play on thursday night where he goes up and over the defensive back grabs that ball scores the touchdown you're going to have a lot of highlights for judy in the future so if you give him up you got to get a lot back right the person that we're giving up here is fuller and very similar thoughts from me i think that fuller can be a star i think that we saw a very good game for him on sunday even amidst the rest of what's going on there for the houston texans but because i have such a high ownership and because he can be a little bit of a frustrating player to own i wanted to move a little bit of that frustration off of this particular roster and dig someone who has been a top 10 receiver over the last year at this point we can see what he's doing there in Buffalo. You know, it's not maybe quite the same highlight as the Judy play because it does not result in a touchdown. But he had another 50-yard catch this last week where he goes up and over the defensive back. Uh, continuing to get open at will. Looks very, very good in this offense. If he can keep his kind of personality in check every time uh, he makes a big play, he, he does want to let you know that he is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And, and you know, I, I think that that can... can start to become a little bit of an antonio brownish drag on the player and the team at some point but playing extremely well and then debo someone who was sort of right in there with dk metcalf and terry mclaurin in terms of what they did last year and what the next step in the progression should be we've seen metcalf with the big breakout mclaurin with the huge target numbers in week four as washington becomes even just borderline competent we're going to see some very big big games from him the 49ers without their quarterback uh this last week and you know they're in the mix of a little bit of a, a transition but we saw the plays again from brandon Ayuk. we have jimmy garoppolo coming back soon i really like both samuel and Ayuk trying to acquire both of those guys in as many leagues as possible have very high ownership of both of them so in part it's a belief here that um, i'm trying to really push forward with some of these other trades but having a couple guys who can give this production in 2020 now we get to the situation here where we have sort of the last pieces and now we've got to deal with some of the things that have happened uh, both in in terms of injuries and that how it affects some of those other traits so we have sam darnold not injured himself although unlikely to play this particular week it sounds like because of the shoulder injury that he did sustain but with the injury to mims the injury to perryman uh, this offense not going anywhere likely to see some changes as we're seeing with the houston texans and then Cortland sutton out so how do we take those guys and turn them into 2020 production and again the idea of these are young guys and so they retain a lot of that trade value i moved sam darnold Cortland sutton ronald jones Keyshawn vaughn jones and vaughn a little bit of a handcuff situation you could argue but i think that vaughn still has a lot of standalone value we saw him score and make a couple of nice plays even with ronald jones rushing for 100 yards this past week 
those were things that I expected to happen even as I made the trade. Fournette was going to be out. We know he's not any good. We know LaShawn McCoy is done as soon as McCoy was kind of knocked out of that game. They got more touches for Jones. They got those touches for Vaughn. It really helped the Buccaneers. I certainly hope they don't go back to those guys. Had to give up those four players. Got Russell Wilson and Jarrett McKinnon back. Wilson immediately has a little bit of a lesser game as the Dolphins somewhat surprisingly controlled the uh, time of possession through big chunks of this one, kept the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. But Wilson now emerging in this new style offense, someone I think people have to go after. In terms of looking at Sam Darnold and looking at Cortland Sutton, what are you hoping to do with them? And would you move off of these guys for 2020? Well, uh, for Sam Darnold, uh, I'm looking to get Adam Case out of the New York Jets. I think that's the the way to try and improve that. Uh, you know, I had lots of high hopes, and I've had high hopes since he came into the league. And I'm at the kind of stage now where those hopes, I don't know how low they can go, but uh, there's still a lot of potential there. But the way this offense is, as you kind of hinted at, it's pretty much decimated. I'm really not expecting a huge amount from the Jets this season now moving forward. Coaching change might spark a bit of life into it, but uh, it's just going to be a tough, tough year. So I think in terms of, again, a bit like the, the trade earlier where moving uh Saquon to try and get into one now mode uh you know or to try and push that team towards the playoffs in 2020 you are giving up more here obviously because you're giving up Cortland Sutton you're giving up Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn like out of Jones and Vaughn one of those guys is likely to be the lead back in uh, 2021 uh, in Tampa uh, and which should be a, a pretty good offense so when when we're looking at it you've obviously having to give up more and and really looking at what we're getting we're getting Russell Wilson back which is a huge huge jump at quarterback um i know this week wasn't what we had seen through the first three weeks but they, they are going to uh you know have to pass because of how the defense is playing and they're also um you know have have two really top tier wide receivers um who he can he can target as well as well as the rushing ability of his own so i i think it makes sense to make that move obviously a couple of weeks ago when sutton wasn't injured and you mentioned in the article that's probably the the most disappointing thing for you this season so far with sutton's injury i'm right i'm right beside you on that one but um in terms of 2020 it makes a lot of sense uh i i still think even in terms of beyond 2020 it makes it makes a lot of sense to get Wilson in there is obviously the quarterback's going to maintain that value moving forward and you'll be able to to likely if you wanted to move Wilson for other pieces in the in the offseason be able to do so as well Jarek McKinnon's an interesting one who you've also had in this deal it kind of strikes me at this point of the season as almost one of those ideal zero RB candidates where you know two years ago got the big contract we expected so much has been just injury ravaged um but when we've seen him he looks explosive uh, so far this season so interesting to to get him slotted in there because he could he could you know in a couple of weeks be more valuable than than Vaughn and Jones the way that backfield is, is getting circulated around so we'll see what happens there uh, we have a couple of other ones Sean that I'm going to kind of go rapid fire uh, and we mentioned Austin Eckler at the start of the show obviously his injury this week um and you've prompted some kind of uh, movements that you would advise on that one of the players that you mentioned in it is Odell Beckham a player who we have barely mentioned I think on this show over the last kind of probably 12 months he's actually one of the players that's in our intro clip um so I think we'll give him a special shout out for for what he did this week an amazing performance the one one of the best performances he's had since his time with the Giants putting up 38.4 fantasy points so hopefully we're on to we're on to the resurgence for Odell but he's one of the players that you mentioned that 
you could potentially look to move Eckler far. Was that spurred a little bit by the performance this week, or is that something that you think would have been a a, a deal you might have even targeted before that? No, I, I think that before this week you couldn't have legitimately looked at that. One of the things that we're looking at with these blow up performances is how does that affect the psychology of the trade market? Beckham owners definitely have been trying to get out of him. And now that you have the big game, the question is, okay, now do you have the confidence again? Do you want to keep him? Or now are you looking at the one big window where you're thinking, I've got to trade him this week? So you talk to those Beckham owners, find out which direction they're going. Both things I think are legitimate, but we just want to find out on an owner-by-owner basis, you know, is this an opportunity here? Now, since joining the Browns, Beckham has been a wide receiver three or worse in 70% of his starts, right? So despite the big name, we're going to have to have quite a bit of skepticism when we look at this. One of the things I thought was funny here was we get that first touchdown pass from Jarvis Landry. And the first thing I'm thinking is that is a better looking pass than those things that <laughs> that Mayfield is throwing. Maybe they need to get Jarvis Landry out there throwing some more of these so we can get Beckham in the end zone. And then obviously he scores a couple more times. So, you know, we're not as much thinking, okay, well, Mayfield can't get him the ball for these touchdowns. But I thought that was a particularly humorous way to start the big explosion there. It was also nice for Jarvis Landry folks who had him in the, the lineup and are looking at the shootout and are still, I think, trying to figure out how he actually didn't do more as a receiver later in the game but at least you do get that touchdown pass there so we're looking at Eckler for an Odell Beckham we're talking about a guy a 25 year old back elite athleticism gonna miss four to six weeks I think you always got to be a little bit concerned that even once he comes back there's the potential for re-injury or simply not playing nearly as well as we saw from multiple players who played injured this past week but from the beginning of 2019 through week three, you know, previous to this injury, only McCaffrey with 152 and Kamara with 128 had more than his 124 targets. In his two completed games with Herbert, Eckler averaged 25 points per game. Now, I mean, he's not going to average 25 points per game, but I think that the big concern here was that with Phillip Rivers leaving, this offense is going to be very different. Tyrod Taylor, that projects very poorly, but then immediately we have the rookie. And then the question with the rookie is just how long do you have to be patient as the rookie grows? But for anybody who, who missed this game, if you haven't seen the 53-yard touchdown pass at Teron Johnson, if you didn't see that 72-yard score to Jalen Guyton, which was even more impressive, you know, go make sure you check out the highlights. Justin Herbert looks like the guy who was supposed to be the number one overall pick the previous season. Uh, unfortunately for him, he stayed in college. He had his uh, draft stock fall a little bit, although if you still go uh, in the top 10 there, you probably can't complain too much, but immediately looks like that guy. The arm talent is crazy, right? His ability to move around in the pocket to be a Josh Allen type of player. Uh, Sam Wallace mentioned that in the Blitz yesterday. If you haven't been checking out Sam's Blitz articles, make sure you go and do that. But now that I think that we can have a lot of enthusiasm about this offense, again, it's something where if you're going to move Eckler, you need to get some real pieces back, right? So when we're looking at Beckham, I would want Beckham plus. Colin, is there a, a Beckham and a, a big secondary piece that you'd be interested in looking for him here or would you really want to just move to the second trade possibility i think when you just uh, if you are looking and the next trade possibility is eckler for aj brown i think when you are looking at something like this that you know 
if you are moving for that wide receiver sometimes if you maybe there's a a piece on that other roster at the running back position that they might be able or might be willing to part with you know to kind of tide you over you know somebody who is maybe not a starting running back but could become that starting option that kind of zero rb candidate um i think getting them added in as well as the secondary piece is a good way to go because obviously you've lost out on your star running back um so you're probably going to have a spot there that you need to fill as well so going and getting a wide receiver like odell beckham might leave you short there the same if you went for somebody like aj brown and um when we look at you know making the trade the other thing you mentioned there is the four to six week injury you know it's making that decision it's different when it's somebody like Sutton who's out for the year it's different when somebody who's out for the season they're not coming back this year they're not going to help you win in this season but when it's somebody who's only out for six weeks who could come back to you know in the playoffs and and win the league for you or if you trade him away he could actually face in the playoffs and and end your your hopes and dreams but um that would be one thing I'd be thinking about it's just the time frames and this season more than ever it's a little bit more up in the air with the the ability to, to return turn off ir at different times and different points so just something to keep in mind there aj brown was the next one obviously we're hoping to see him uh back uh, you know to full strength uh, you know as soon as possible but he's one of the the big players that we haven't got to, to see anything really from this season the other one that you mentioned is for sutton and rashad penny so and that one you're kind of trading injured for injured and adding in a, a player as well is that kind of like what i was hinting at um with the the odell side to get that secondary kind of piece added in as well to, to cover that position that you're missing out on yeah and for these three trades i tried to offer some different possibilities based on where you were as the seller of eckler and where your potential trade partner was as a buyer and the first one you have a competitive seller and a rebuilding buyer in the second one we have both sides competitive and the idea there is that if aj brown's owner has been competitive through his injury then perhaps he can afford to wait again for eckler especially if that owner needs a running back maybe he would move off of that in ffpc dynasty startups this year eckler went six spots ahead of brown i think that you could argue that that gap would have increased with what we have seen from eckler that 30 point game uh, really the last big anchor that owners have for him before that injury of course now it the injury changes that quite a bit to where brown is going to have more immediate value and then the third one is if you're a rebuilding seller and you have a competitive buyer then that competitive buyer is looking for exactly the thing you're talking about which is that at the end of the six-week period austin eckler can go in there and can help me win the title so i'm willing to move sutton i'm willing to move penny and mentioning penny because again we look at this seattle seahawks offense and what they're doing chris carson looks absolutely fantastic putting up points in bunches there but this could be a situation similar to what we have with the cleveland browns where we have nick chubb we have kareem hunt unfortunately chubb going down in this game last week and now kareem hunt looks like he could be maybe the guy i mean he's going to be in that group now with camara and cook and so you know, we don't have nearly as much information about Penny as being that level of talent as we had with Hunt, with the Chiefs, all of those different types of situations. But former first round pick was starting to play well. We saw that first glimpse of potential stardom from him last year when he suffered this catastrophic injury. We know that the Seahawks like him sort of at that level with a Carson. And we've seen Carson have that little bit of an injury uh, last week. And fortunately, he was one of the guys who did look okay. Uh, with that question of potentially you know is he going to play injured you know how limited will he be 
he looked pretty good on Sunday, but we know obviously these injuries for running backs are possible. So if you could get a piece like that, and again, Penny is someone in a dynasty league where if you're looking beyond 2020, then begins to get a lot more interesting again. Yeah, it could be very interesting. And uh, we're going to wrap things up with that. We're going to be back on Thursday with our second show of the week. And as we've been doing recently, we'll have a clip um, from a guest in that. We're going to be joined by Pat Fismaris, a couple of uh, thoughts he has on the season after four weeks and looking ahead. And we'll be answering some of your uh, listener questions. So we have been uh, doing it over the last couple of weeks, but uh, we've been getting emails in to rotavizradio at gmail.com or to me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Be sure to send those in. We'll be using them on an upcoming show whether that's a recommendation or whether it's just something to do uh, in general with what we talk about on the, the thursday shows and before we do wrap it up i want to let you know that as always you can get that 10 percent discount of a rotoviz one year subscription by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or else adding the code 2020 rv radio at checkout until we're back with another edition of the podcast my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to Marlin. my co-host as always is sean siegel you can check out all his great work up on rotoviz com until we're back on thursday have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz with this country the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast the wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure every possible chance to win this season is yours. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head on over to bet online today and take advantage of all their great sign up bonuses don't forget to use our promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts